Hey all you mutant goons, Aid here. Just wanted to intro this smoke break episode really quickly as I'm not really in it, but it is Women's March and so I felt that we needed to hear my lovely nasally voice at the beginning. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun for the guys and really excited for this interview at the end with Felicia Fisher. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Have fun. Happy Women's March. Goodbye and good day. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, mutant goons, to the newest episode of Slasher's Smoke Break. I am your, uh, I guess, co-host, Coker. I'm high as fuck, obviously, a Smoke Break, guys. And with my esteemed colleague and best friend, a not high, but a very sleepy Doug Wah. Well, I don't know if that's the right effect here, because I did take a nap as soon as I got home from work. I got home at, I, I woke up at 4 a.m. and I worked overtime, and now I'm, so I dormeered when I came home. See, I'm learning Spanish, but uh, yeah, so so we both got kind of the same effect here. I've got Angela in my background for you YouTube subscribers there, because Coker, do you know what month this is? So this month is uh, Women's Month. It's uh, for Women's March. We're doing the women thing for uh, slashers. Yeah, so we've already got uh, some some blood drenched ones uh, with with some Texas Chainsaw Massacre Netflix and um, with uh, the Alley Larder uh, carrot waxing episode that we, that we did. So I gotta say, Doug, when the theme was gonna be Women's March, I was a little worried because I was like, okay, how is that gonna work with us? Because we're two straight stoners and we're talking about like women. So I'm like, how how are we gonna approach that? But you came out, and I was worried, and you just said dude, let's do one on final girls, like our favorite final girls. And I was like, oh, that's could work. So I'm very happy, Doug, that it was your idea to do a final girls episode for smoke break. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I threw that idea out there. Cause I, I guess it is kind of like, Oh, you know, what are these guys going to say? Every single bearded guy with a, with, you know, 30 year old, uh, every 30 year old guys having a podcast with, with that. So I'm like, let's make it a little bit different. So I know there's final girls. And uh, another thing I'd like to add too, um, because I know you've got your final girl list. Yeah. But w- one thing I love, is main character protagonists. And uh, so I've got Angela from Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 on my I background here. Yeah. yeah, she's like one of the coolest. Like, seriously, if you haven't seen Sleepaway Camp 2 or 3, um, she's the main character. And she's just technically... She's the I mean, bad guy. She's the bad guy, but you love her. She's kind of like Invader Zim. That's why I like Invader it's, Zim so it's, much. It's, a, it's like a campy slasher focused uh, horror film. Yeah. And uh, but 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 see now people are like, oh, yeah, Women's Month. But what makes Sleepaway Camp so unique is that uh, Angela is also uh, transsexual. So technically, yeah, the the character is. But uh, Pamela Springsteen, who portrays Angela in Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, uh, is not. But another fun fact is that she's the sister of Bruce Springsteen. You know, the singer who always has marbles in his mouth when he sings. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even understand what you're saying, dude. Are you wearing a diaper or are you just... You know, it's like he's what? drooling spit on stage all the time. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, on that we're even there, but um, yeah. So you you pulled up a whole list on your phone of final girls. Yeah, I I got notes on this one, man. I I mean, 
when you really think about it, the term final girls have been around technically since the early nineties with the book. I forget the name of the author and I apologize, but with the book, uh, men, women, and chainsaws, that book coined the term final girl. And it was the final girl at the end of usually a slasher film, but not all the time who was shy, timid, virginal, pure, and she somehow survives the trauma of the slasher or, or sometimes the regular horror film. So the term final girl, Luckily, I'm happy that the, the there's a lot of characteristics of the final girl that have changed over the decades, and I'm happy for those changes. But at the same time, we still need we we should have been a little further along, guys, with final girls in some other regards. But Doug, let's start with you first. Well, no, I, I got a question for you. So in that book, it seems to dive in there pretty deep. Final girls, uh, you know, like the virginal ones with the overalls that are like, oh, please, you know, I'm not going to have sex and doing that. I dude, I'm going to get into a rant about that. How much I hated well, that. Well, no, I'm shit, just saying, do you think on. the writers had some sort of Christian conservative values with that? It was like, see, this is what happens if you have sex and show some boob. This is what happens. No, no, no. The author recognized the absolute correlation between purity, especially an American sense of purity, and the sort of last survivor of slasher films. People were already noticing this. A lot of I know a lot of people will say, and a lot of horror fans will say, oh, well, there were slasher films in the 60s, Blood Feast, and there were slasher films in the 70s, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween, Black Christmas, Alice, Sweet Alice, even though that's more of like a giallo, but I'm still countering that one. But the thing is, 80s slasher films did much more of the whole purity thing with the final girl versus 70s slasher films besides that also correlates with how conservative and almost puritanical the 80s was becoming too especially with ronald reagan Mm -hmm. and the aids scare so it was very much a product of its time and you when you take into account Ronald Reagan's purity purge and the AIDS scare, those style of final girls just fit with the time. And I, you know, I'm going to talk shit horror fans. I'm sorry, guys. But as much as we idolize 1980s horror films, the 80s fucking sucked socially. It absolutely fucking sucked in so many different ways. Well, you got to think Reagan really pushed the, the war on drugs, too. So that was a huge thing with slashers, you know? trickle down economic it's it's like the 80s was a with the exception of the horror films the 80s was a fucking shithole and we all need to come to terms with the 80s and you know the worst crime of the 80s you had to rewind your tapes with a pencil (laughs) i couldn't stand it do you like tapes do you like cassette tapes uh you know since we have the video going i mean i still have a bunch of the audio cassette tapes winnie the pooh I don't miss those at all. I don't miss those absolutely at all. Now, I know I had the the childhood and the teen years of like waiting for a song to come on the radio and then hitting record on the cassette tape. We all had that kind of memories, but like it wasn't fun at all. Oh, I know. I remember listening to uh, uh, my sister at Backstreet Boys on cassette. And uh, the thing is, the cassette oh, player broken. So when we heard it. They always sounded like chipmunks, so I was kind of used to like that whole chipmunk sound because it was the, the speed was up. And when I finally listened to it on the radio, I'm like, wait a minute, this is this is not the Backstreet Boys. So I, I got to edit a version of that song, but I just got to speed it up. Yeah, so so I was so thrown off when it played regular speed. I'm like, what? I thought I thought it was like they sang faster than this. Backstreet's back, all right. And then when I heard it's Backstreet's back, I'm like, these guys are all high. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> But we're not oh, here to talk about man. Backstreet Boys. We're here to talk about Backstreet Girls. We got to go back to Final Girls. We're yes, yeah. Final. You know what's funny is there was one '80s slasher film that I fucking love that doesn't have a Final Girl at all. It has a Final Boy. Uh, which one's that? I think I know what you're talking about. 
my favorite summer camp slasher film, The Bernie. Yeah, yeah, the one with George Costanza before he was bald. <laughs> yeah, before he was bald. And like the final boy is, uh, I think it's one of the kids from Fast Times at Richmond High. Really? Yeah, yeah, the one who like tries to get dating advice from that one okay, douchebag. Okay, you know it's been a while since I've seen The Burning, but he's the final boy in The Burning. It's a great slasher film. But guys, Women's March, we gotta head back to the ladies. All right, yeah. So going back to that here, because Coker's gonna have a spiel on Final Girls, which um, which is great. But I, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, female uh, kind of the protagonists because, uh, like I said, with Sleepaway Camp two and three. Seriously, guys, check them out. They're they're free to watch on Tubi, so there ain't no goddamn excuse to, to not watch them. Um, I love the first Sleepaway Camp as well. Felissa Rose is great, but the thing is with the first one. They play it off like a murder mystery where it's like you think Ricky, the, the cousin, mm-hmm. is doing the killings. And then the end, you know, everyone knows the first movie for for what reason, Coker? Check with the dick ending. Surprise ending. Because it's got a dick at the end with the big uh, with the with the sideway eyes, which is still haunting. I My sister's terrified of that. She's like, I, I, I don't remember that movie, but I remember that scene and it scared me. Could you imagine being very little and just seeing that scene on like HBL late well, at night as a green, kid? And the thing is, it stays on there for a while. So I remember we watched that. We watched the VHS in the basement. We turned off the lights. Oh, so you saw it in you saw it in like the best of ways, dude. Kind of kind of dingy basement on like an old TV with like the wood panels. Remember those TVs? Oh yeah. Oh wow, dude. You saw it very eighties. Yeah, and yeah. Very so dingy. when Sleepaway Camp two and three came around to finally watching it, I was thrown off by the the campiness and the, the tone. Because I'm like, wait a minute, this is Angela. Yeah, it's like Angela is completely silent and like emotionless and practically like lifeless in the first movie, and then in the second and third movie, she's so lively. She's so. Well, in the second movie, she's very lively. She's like, come on, campers, sing. And literally, like her character is so. Um, she's like, I love camping, don't you? And if you're a bad camper, I'm gonna chop your fucking head off. You know, if you're a bad camper. You, you know what's funny? It's like by the second movie, Angela accepts herself, and she's yeah, happy. And what makes it fun because the second movie she's she's all balls out like uh no pun intended mm-hmm. oh by the way she gets a sex change so she doesn't have balls in the second or third movie okay yeah and uh, there's even a line in there too like every time she like takes her bra off the the other camper girls are like how do you get that thing up with a can opener you know so yeah it's, it's gratuitous and it's crazy but um by the third movie now sleepaway camp three is kind of funny because these movies were filmed back to back and everyone was so exhausted by the yeah. third movie. Um, and it got colder where they filmed because Sleepaway Camp 2 is a summer movie. Sleepaway Camp 3 is an, is an October fall movie and they're camping outside in tents and everything's orange and uh, everyone's wearing like sweaters. I want to fucking see this now. Shit. Yeah. You've never seen Sleepaway Camp 3 and there's deaths with lawnmowers yeah, everyone's wearing like cozy sweaters and and uh, coffee, so it's a very fall like it's very Octobery, and um, Angela is very oh tired God. in this movie, and she wears a wig because she's in disguise. But she's supposed to be this other character um, that she wants to go to the camp, which I never understand. I'm like, like Angela, what's your fucking problem with going to these camps? Like, there's other things you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's uh, everyone's wearing uh, camp camp sh- uh, the 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 jeans and then the camp sweaters. And uh, there's a death by lawnmower, death by gun, death by getting hedge. Uh, now, part three is a little more censored than the second movie because the second movie came out uncensored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when the third movie yeah. came around to like video stores, that's when the MPA is like, wait a minute. What the fuck? Like, how did part two get past us? So is there an uncut version of Sleepaway Camp 3? Not a full movie, but on the Blu-ray and on the DVD, you can watch the uh, the uncut gore footage 
Okay. So it's All like right. in VHS quality, but it's pretty good. There's a scene where, uh, like, because Angela's part of a part of the campers in the third movie. Yeah. And she's just like, I just, she's not a counselor, so she's just kind of like in disguise and mopey. So in, in part three, it's the 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 rich kids versus the uh, poor kids at uh-huh. the camp, and then Michael J. Pollard, if you remember him, he's one of the counselors as well and he's like a sleaze he's trying to sleep with one of these uh underage campers which is kind of weird. oh my god yeah and he's like my wife don't give it to me anymore come on and he's like the ugliest guy he's michael j Pollard. no offense but he's on like the ugliness scale of, of ron jeremy <laughs> so, I'm like how is he getting these girls to be attracted to him and uh he has the, the laziest wife in the world she like sits down and she's she's like she's like campers come on we're gonna sit we're gonna go outside camping but you got to catch fish for three hours cut them and cook them but you got to cook me a steak <laughs> what the fuck? and she's the one later on angela gets pissed her and she's like okay go ahead and uh get in this hole and then angela runs a lawnmower over her head this sounds like a john waters movie <laughs> it is that's why i like sleepaway camp three like two is a lot more fun but three i love the three is very based on all the characters yeah, there's a girl that's from Ohio, and she's like very, uh, every Ohioan girl that I know. I'm prim, proper, and prandy. Um, and then there's a racist girl. So the N word's thrown around a lot in here, but uh, fucking hell. Yeah, and she's like, she's like, but she gets a good death. She Angela gets mad at her because she's like, you're a little racist prick, you know that? And so they do this blindfold game, and she like goes off the side, and then Angela hooks her belt to this flagpole and he keeps pushing it up. She's like, you see, you're a drug user, you're a fornicator. Uh, and because she gives her three strikes, she's like, "What are you a cheerleader?" She's like, "Yeah." She's like, "Do you do drugs?" Of course I do. She's like, "That's it, three strikes." And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like she's the killer, and she has no. She's like, "I'm just killing people if they're bad." And so she like pulls her up on the flagpole. She really, t- she really takes a cue from Jason. Yeah, yeah. So think Jason, but the woman version. But she's not like she's campy about it. Yeah. Um, she's kind of like like a, a more energetic and fun Jason's mom. So a younger version, a too. Longer, younger version. And the the kill for the racist girl, she gets pulled up on a flagpole and she goes all the way up and Angela drops her and her. She falls down her head cracks open on the pavement. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's 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 great. Like check and like, like I said, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 are great. And then Sleepaway Camp 2, you get a girl that she's having sex with everybody. And uh, after she has sex with people, she's always like, you don't have AIDS, do you? And everyone's like, no. no. Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, she does that. And then uh, Angela dispatches of her because she's like, you were having sex and I caught you. So uh, she she basically throws her in this this leech filled outhouse and drowns her to death and shit with a stick. It's great. Oh, my God. You got to see these movies. They're great. And like Angela is the most and she's not talked about that much. Like the first movie, you know, you get Felissa Rose and everything. But part two and three, that Angela is like she's still one of the best slashers, in my opinion, because she just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> she's just like, like, you do what I tell you. Like She doesn't even do that. She's very nice. Like, I'd actually like to hang out with this Angela. I'm like, you yeah, look, I know you may kill people and you may kill me if I say something you don't like. But you want to know you're pretty cool. I'd hang out with you, Angela. I don't know. Just don't just don't piss her off and she won't shove your hand in a blender or uh, shoot you with a gun. So. so it's funny. It's like we're talking about final girls and your final girl pick is actually a slasher. Yeah, she survives all of them. Technically, yeah. And she's one of the very few, very few female slashers, too. Yeah, she's one of the very few. The uh, the other exception, which which um we haven't talked about, there is going to be an episode about it, is Ma. So Octavia Spencer. Oh, and yeah. uh, so she's like the first black female 
is a protagonist or antagonist? I'm so tired. Right antagonist. Now. Antagonist. Antagonist. Yeah. Yes. Which I love. Like if you haven't seen Ma, check check her out because like I when they when it was like the first black female killer. That's the main character. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And it, but Ma's not necessarily campy. Ma's more of like a thriller. Ma's serious. Ma's you know, serious. Ma's serious. Yeah. To be honest, I would have appreciated it if it was campy too. Maybe if they make Ma two sloppy seconds. <laughs> um, okay, Doug. Just just for fun, just for fun. If you got to direct Ma two, how would you do it? Oh, I would love it. Ma goes on a on a uh, vacation, and she would be wearing like the 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 like the she'd be wearing like the uh, Hawaiian shirt, and she's like, "Ma's on vacation. <laughs> I'm just loving it." And then she realizes she's like, "Wait a minute." No one wants to have drinks with me. Okay. And like someone will come up to her and say, excuse me, Ma, can you make me a drink? Like someone's acting like a little racist towards her. She's like, okay, no problem. I, I'll make you the best daiquiri in the world. And she puts like gasoline and and basically the ladies <laughs> drink it and like their whole jaws melt off. And, and Ma's sitting in the corner like, yeah, there you go. I would love that. See, that, that's how I make Ma too. <laughs> My God. It's like, oh, Doug, you turned Ma into the next Jack Frost. It's exactly Jack Frost too. Yeah, it kind of is. I didn't even she's think on a, she's on an island vacation and she just starts killing people. Well, no, Ma would just be I need a vacation for my stupid job because she was a uh, well, you've seen Ma, right? Bits and pieces. To okay, because she works at she's a veterinarian or she's a, a vet's assistant. And the, the boss is always treating her like shit, which was Allison Janney was her boss. There's a lot of big mm. people in that movie. And you just get treated like shit. She's like, I'm on vacation for 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 40 hours. So let me go ahead and do this. Like, I would love it if Ma was like a. Uh, you know, just just the, almost like Angela, just saying, do what I tell you or else I'm going to shoot your friend in the head. Honestly, like the first like, oh, well, there, there's only one Ma. I'm making up the sequel in my head. But uh, for the first movie, I like I saw it as like imagine Carrie middle age without powers. That's how she would have grown up to be would be like Ma because she's getting revenge on these uh, people that like just treated her like absolute shit back in high school. But she's going after their kids. So the whole movie, you don't realize that these kids are the offsprings of the bullies. Uh, in her school, which Ma takes place in Ohio as well. What the fuck? What is up with Ohio? Tell you, it's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing to do is to plot revenge. Yeah. Well, see, the funny thing is, there's there's an actress in in Ma, and I thought she was uh, uh, Amanda from from Saw the whole time. And I watched, it, I'm like, man, Ma, uh, Amanda from Saw got some Botox, uh, but it's not her. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the name of Who it. Who was it? Uh, some lady with Botox, but that looks like her. Okay. Botox lady. All right. Botox lady. She's a big actress, though. March 25th. Get dressed up. Do I need... I don't want to get dressed up. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 what are you doing? Uh, so, some ad came up on my computer here when I typed in Ma. It's like, oh, you want to go to... To get dressed up. What? I'm looking for Ma. I'm not looking for the trailer for Big Mama's House 2. <laughs> so, like, that's what keeps popping up. Oh, this Speaking thing's big already Ma so off the rail. Oh, well, see, I would love to see a slasher movie of Big Mama's House. Like, imagine if. Oh, but if she's like a slasher. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, Doug, that's like your that's like one of your dream projects to direct. Oh, I would love it. I mean, yeah, kind of like that. Like, that's how I'd imagine like Ma 2 would be. Oh, Juliet Lewis was her name. The one that looked like Amanda. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Juliet Lewis. No, she's more like a, a smaller, more crazy version. Yeah. But Tay Taylor's a pretty good director. He made uh, he directed The Help with Octavia Spencer as well. Have you seen okay. The Help? No, I have not seen The Help. Oh, it's great. Like uh, Octavia Spencer gets it, it's a period piece. But uh, yeah, so she's like this maid. And then you get the, the, the really ra racist lady that's in charge. She's like, oh, you're the help. And at the end of the movie, Octavia Spencer makes her a shit pie from her own feces. 
Oh my god, really? She's like, I'll hope you eat shit. So she makes it like this pie, and it's her shit. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me the fucking, like, Academy Award-nominated movie had Octavia Spencer make a shit pie? Are you making She makes up? a shit pie, and she's and she, and at no, the end wait, of Wait, no. And you, you get, fucking... like, the close-up shots of, like, the teeth going in. She's like, eat no, my shit. No, no. I'm looking this shit up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm no, not gaslighting no, I'm you. I'm being honest. This, it got, this, uh, this is, this is a... This is for the listeners. Give me a second, guys. I'm look, gonna look this shit up immediately. I, I have to. I ha I have to. I'm sorry. The help makes a shit pie. Uh and she's oh just like she God. says, eat my shit. <laughs> I thought that was the I, greatest I like thing. how we were supposed to I like how we're supposed to talk about fucking final girls and now we're going into black ladies taking shit pies. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, she calls it oh yeah, see look. She calls it the chocolate pie. The infamous poop pie scene in 2011's The Help involves some movie magic and a scene many Octavia Spencer uh, made in the civil rights era deep south exacts her revenge and, uh, for being fired by Hilly by serving her former boss a poop filled version of her famous chocolate pie. <laughs> no. No. She says, eat my shit. No, I should not have smoked. I should not have smoked to this. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, yeah. See, see, they're they're listening. I call it Alfred, the the robot from Demon Shade. Oh my yeah, god! I'm all gonna... this technology's talking. I swear, Vladimir Pooty Poo's listening in on here. He's like, wait, wait, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make wait more up, bombs uh, go wait off. Up, wait up! I'm watching this. I'm watching this. You're watching what? The scene of no, her eating shit? No, no. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, my favorite scene of the help. Um, which is, you know, Academy Award nominated Octavia Spencer oh, takes her panties wow. off and you see the shit coming out of her ass. Like she just spreads it open and all it, all of it comes out in the pie. Thank God. Uh, thank God. I, I, I already I already exited out of the video. Was it a brazier scene or was it the scene? From no, it, was, it was a pie scene. I just see the lady eat the pie and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Because I could fine. see some and of the already... mirroring in your glasses. And I could have sworn I heard this game will make you come in 40 seconds. I was not watching porn. OK, OK. I wasn't. All right. Was it you that said that? I remember someone like this game. I'll make you come in 40 seconds. You're like, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Was it? You? I didn't say that. Who said that? I, I'm gaslighting you the whole time, Coker. <laughs> You're going to believe my lies. You're taking advantage of my high, you fucker. I, I know. Swear. I'm starting to clear up from, the, I, I, you know, I have this really annoying pillow here and it's uh, it, it's. Sadly to say, I have the, you're, you're going to love my pillow. Remember my pillow? <laughs> that pillow feels like shit. And I'll be honest with you, it does feel like shit. <laughs> Don't buy my pillow. I think that guy's canceled anyway. He's been deplatformed, right? Uh, yes, he has. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh. he, he's just like the, the, the Christian conservative version of Ron Jeremy selling pillows. Oh, he's like, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll even sell you the white stained pillow or the yellow stained pillows. And I remember, you know, every, every guy seemed to have like that yellow stained head pillow. No comment. No comment. Do you have a yellow stained head pillow? No comment. Well, I, say. <laughs> come on. You got to love your yellow stained head pillow. It, you know, from a guy perspective, I know our female listeners are going to be like, "Ew, you're gross. We're men. We're gross. I'm sorry, ladies. We're fucking gross. But that yellow stained head pillow is like the perfect thing for dudes to just lay down and just sink in. Just sink the fuck in and it feels great. So, well, you know, for the what, record, ladies? I don't have a yellow stained head pillow. I have the I have a I have a Toxic Avenger pillow, though. I know. I know. You do have some nice pillows. How do we get All from right, Octavia Spencer bending over, taking a shit to, to yellow stained head pillows? 
Uh, we're so fucking off the tracks, dude. I'm going to have to grab the steam wheel and get on there. Okay. Anything else, Doug, you have to say about the term of final girls? What are some of your favorite final girls? And I'm talking actual survivor girls. Okay. So no bad guys. Cause I, I like no all bad the bad guys or bad girls. Okay. We were going to do, how about this? How about this? Also, how about we'd each do three favorite final girls? Oh, three. Okay. Well, I, I was just going to say three. one, my favorite, which she doesn't get enough. Well, she got attention in the okay. new one, but she got killed and thrown in a garbage heap. I love Sally Hardesty. I think she went through the most trauma, uh, to be honest, in that first Texas Chainsaw movie. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. You see your friends getting killed in front of you and then you're at a fucking dinner table with these weirdos. And then you see some some guys cutting you up with a razor in the back and then you see him getting hit by a truck. Um, and then you jump into the truck and and the fucking dude with a chainsaw and a fucking leather face made of human skin is still coming at you with a chainsaw. And no wonder she's caked in blood and screaming her head off. Yeah. So I'm like out of all of them, like even Halloween, like, you know, I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. But the thing is, come on, the attack of Michael Myers wasn't that bad with you. You were in the house and you were kind of dumb. You got cut in the shoulder. You're like, oh, I know it's you know what I mean? She didn't have it that bad. I think her that's fucked up that we're talking about uh, like female characters trauma, but fuck it, whatever. Um, the thing is, I feel like with Laurie Strode, her trauma is much more being in a safe place and having the horror come to you and trying to survive. Or Sally's, she was already kind of in a hellscape of Royal Texas. Yeah. Well, you know, Sally was fucked after that. Like she didn't have a normal life after that. Like I don't know anybody. I'm like, <laughs> Just the shots of like the eyes, like you know what I mean. Like Toby Hooper just got those shots her of her eyes, eyes during like during the dinner scene. Yeah. Good lord! You could tell, like honestly, like it's it's just like yeah, you're never gonna recover from that. Like the other one, people can probably get like therapy, which you know is still scary. But no, Sally's just fucked. So for you, your favorite final girl is the one who that kind of goes through the most psychological trauma. Yeah, which because okay. it makes it for a strong character. So in that regards, does that make the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre disrespectful to her character? You know, I'm going to say, even though I like that they play with that trope later on in the new Texas Chainsaw, I'm going to say I think so. Yeah, because it doesn't it downplays her trauma and it downplays the horror she went through by all by cashing in on a modern day slasher trope of Halloween 2018. Mm -hmm. But also still playing with it by spoilers, folks, if you haven't seen the movie, by actually killing her off, too. So it's playing with that trope that I was happy with. But I can definitely see your point of it, that it's shitting on that trauma. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that a lot too. But um yeah, I, I guess another one too. Let's see, that's going back to Texas Chainsaw Town. But um who I would have really liked <laughs> I guess no, she's not really a final girl, but one woman I loved um was uh Adriana Barbeau in uh in uh, Creep Show. <laughs> well, she, she's like the bitchiest Karen character I've ever seen, but she, she she's Karen. She's like early 80s Karen. Yeah, which I love. Like, we need more characters like that. Like, seriously, like anytime, anytime I hear that, I just tell it to call me Belly. You know what I mean? Like, she's like the best. Like, she's, I guess she no, she dies in that movie. So but uh, she's, the, she's the best. Yeah, she could be a good actor because she's a final girl. She, she she survived the fog, right? Yeah, she survives the fog. So she survived the fog and she went on to become a Karen. <laughs> yeah. Like a year later, she's a Karen for George Romero. Yeah. Which is fine. So, you know, Adriana Barbeau's kind of uh, the untalked about uh, final girl, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, and sadly, a lot of horror fans don't really talk about Adrian Barbeau the way they talk about like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, mm -hmm. you know. 
Well, that's kind of unfortunate, you know. Yeah, no, she's cool. I think we met her before at uh, Monster Palooza, didn't we? We were there together. I, I think maybe you did. Uh, which year was that? Uh, this was a few. This is before COVID. But yeah, I think I had her sign like my creep show poster. So, yeah. So. All right. Well, why don't you go on with your uh, with your spilly spaloo? Well, folks, here comes Professor Coker with all he has to say about the final girls. Uh, how do I say this? The final girl is a trope that I generally have a rough time with, to be honest. I feel like well, my critique, my main critique of the final girl is mostly stemmed from 80s and early 90s tropes of final girl, as we talked about before. I absolutely fucking hate the whole purity conditions of early, of 80s to early 90s final girls. I absolutely hate that. It really... <laughs> It has a rough message that I hate the whole sex equals death aspect of horror films that was very popular in the 1980s. It's to have the whole sex equals death message of 80s and 90s horror puts the message that you're supposed to suppress a major aspect of your humanity Mm -hmm. for the sake of survival. And it's so goddamn puritanical. I always fucking hated that. And that's the, my main critique of The Final Girl. But luckily, but also unluckily, Sidney Prescott, one of my absolute favorite Final Girls, actually destroys that trope in the first Scream movie. But I'll get to that a little later. But that's my main critique of The Final Girl. Also, I hate the fact that a lot of those verge, those pure Final Girls in a lot of 80s and 90s slasher films are like, the kind of okay, kind of hot-looking brunette chick, and you hardly see any blonde final girls. Like, where the fuck are all the blonde final girls? There's not that much. Sally's yeah, one. Sally, yeah. Yeah, there's Slally. There's the girl from The Prowler. There's uh, there's the girl from the remake Invisible Man. There is there's um, Grace from Ready or Not. That's one of my favorite far final girls. Mm. So there's very little blonde final girls. Why the fuck can't we get more of those? I don't know. We gotta we gotta tell Hollywood somehow. Like, come on. So, Doug, how about this? When you make a slasher film, if you ever make a slasher film, can you do a blonde flannel girl? I can, yeah. I'm like casting, but see, if I say like casting blondes, casting blondes, they're probably going to think I'm like a weirdo or something. It's like <laughs> the casting couch. Because I don't know if you could really do that now. Oh, man. So, well, I mean, we, I, I know a few say people that the are blonde. character is blonde. Well, actually, you know? actually, I, spoiler alert for those people. I don't care because I don't care about spoilers. But the movie I'm doing, Trash Juice, uh, we do have a blonde uh, character antagonist. It's uh, Alex Power's sister. So she's going to be the homeless uh, killer. Oh, yeah. Leah's going to be in it. Yeah. That's if she doesn't dye her hair purple. I don't know. I, I haven't spoke to her about that. She, that the, she wears so many wigs. She'll be fine. Yeah. So we do have a blonde killer. So... Very, I'm happy for that, Doug. I'm happy. And speaking of blondes, there is, I was going to say something, guys. There is a sort of new trope, character trope, in a few modern-day slasher films that I've noticed recently, and I'm coining the term the redeemed blonde. An example of the redeemed blonde trope that I'm making up is um, Tree, the character of Tree from Happy Death Day. She starts off as like your very typical bitchy, slutty, unlikable blonde character that would normally get killed off in a slasher film. And then later on throughout the films, because she dies so much, she learns to become a better person. Okay, redeemed blonde trope right there. Another redeemed blonde trope is the blonde girl in the Chucky TV series. 
Okay, yeah, that yeah that girl was. Re- I really wanted Chucky to kill her in, in the like the first but few she episodes. Gets better. You really want her to die like the typical bitchy blonde trope, but she actually becomes better by the end of the season. So that's sort of something I'm noticing of this Lord redeemed blonde trope that I'm really digging. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, totally. Well, I mean, Don Mancini knows his stuff now because the 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 girl that was really annoying and bitchy that you wanted to die, that was just uh, she was insensitive too. she wasn't very good to the Jake oh, absolutely. character. So. You, you really want her to die in at least the first three episodes. You're kind of waiting for it. Yeah. So uh, sorry, we had a little bit of noise here, but uh, Mate, same thing with my side. Oh, OK, you hear that, listeners? See, we, we were living busy dice. We're driving on the 405 freeway right now. There's some cars tipped over. People are running around on fire, screaming, uh, building. It's, it's, it's that California traffic, folks. Yeah, it's like it's Friday, California traffic when we record mm-hmm. this here. So uh, my wife literally just wanted to correct you on something, Doug, and said, yeah, the blood, your villain in Trash Juice is not your first blonde character. Veronica is your first blonde character. Oh, okay. Give me a little bit of that Veronica sexiness. I want to be like, actually, Doug, your first real blonde character is Veronica. You're one and only. And that's as far as I'll go. That's as far as I'll go with Veronica. Well, Veronica will be back on uh, the Grandpa Oat Cinema Woodchipper show. So. Oh, which I am so fucking excited for, dude. Dude, I had a blast with that first episode. Oh, yeah. OK, good, good. Well, the second one's coming around soon. We got some animation for it, too. So Dakota oh, Freeman is making an animated uh, cartoon for the second episode. So that should be up soon. And we'll get Veronica, uh, Veronica's cooking show. <laughs> You're going to be the real Julia Childs and sticking macaroni in your vajayjay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Just let it oh. simmer and it'll be dripping hot goo in about a couple of minutes. No, no. we have to get back to the final girls, I swear. I'm worried this episode is not going to be very respectful, but we're trying. No, 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 guys. it's not. Well, well, Veronica was a character from Don't Touch That Dial, a film mm-hmm. we made back in 2012. Was it 2012? 2013. Oh, 2013. 2013. Okay. Fuck, we're getting old. I know. 2012 was a sadistic eroticism. Yeah, well, more people will be able to see it because it's only on Troma and and, uh, B-Movie TV. But guess what? Here's a little spoiler for you guys, too. I'm getting it on Tubi. I just got to get it subtitled. So, oh, really? So Tubi will be the home for for Don't Touch That Dial and Gross House soon. So, OK, OK. All right. There's a lot of stuff on Tubi. every fucking episode. We plug Tubi. Well, Tubi's great. Honestly, like I don't even like any streaming services besides Tubi. Tubi literally like I'm like they, I just watched Venom and no, it's not the Marvel shit. The 2005 slasher film? No, Venom from 19. It was a British movie with the Klaus Kinski. Did it have the snakes in it? It had one snake. It was a black mama in the house. And the whole movie's worth it alone just for Klaus, Klaus Kinski freaking out, grabbing a black mamba snake and then blowing its head off. And he's wrangling it around. and He gets thrown off a building with the snake flailing around. It's great. I think that was a real okay. snake that he blew the head off. Klaus Kinski also <laughs> he, throws monkeys. He's fucking crazy. Yes, he does. He throws monkeys in uh, Agaris the Wrath of God from <laughs> yeah, Warner's Horizon. He does like a mo- oh, <laughs> Do you remember when you hire a watch that scene and she was like, oh, no, no. Yeah, he's like, not the Titi monkey. How do we go from women to... And then she told us that story where they she, like, killed a monkey and shit. Who did? Remember when you hire her, her uncle, like, took home one of those rainforest monkeys and it died? Oh, I thought he ate it. I don't, I don't no. remember. <laughs> okay, I'm saving you, Hira. You're making it worse. You're making it so much worse. 
But just the monkey wasn't used to the environment and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's like, oh, this house stinks. <laughs> you put a bullet in its head, then the monkey just shot itself. God. The apologies to Aid for having to cut this part out. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fine here. I think Aid's, Aid's in Puerto... I think she's in Puerto Rico. No, I thought she's getting, like, shit-faced for an early St. Patrick's Day for uh, with all of her girlfriends and then going to Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico. I don't know, but I told her to take video. No, AIDS cool. I told her she got her nails painted green, so I wanted to do. I said, "You got to make a video. We'll put it on the Slashers page." Where she does, yes, ah, yes, me ah, ah. Can we get AIDS doing that? Oh my god, please. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Happy St. Patrick's Day to all you guys out there too. Anyway, I really got to get to my three favorite final girls. All okay. right, go ahead. I'm I'm listening. First favorite final girl is Grace from Ready or Not. She's one of the few blonde final girls. She's a badass. Uh, she's horny, especially for her husband that she just marries. And she just goes through so much shit to get away from that evil fucking family. And at the end, she just lights that cigarette and she's just, you know, I love that movie. That's one of the fun, uh, funnest horror movies of 2019. And I think she makes a great fucking final girl. Second favorite final girl. Oh, spoiler. The next two final girls are Wes Craven final girls. Oh, okay. I, I think Wes Craven makes damn good female characters in his horror films when you really watch them in a certain light. And my second favorite final girl is, of course, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. Nancy's Nancy's a cool chick. She was a coffee drinker. I, I could vouch She's for that. She's a major coffee drinker, doesn't take any shit, isn't afraid to say fuck you because she's like a, the sheriff's daughter. Plus, she actually figures out who the fucking monster is figures out a way to get him bring him out of the dream world and actually sets up traps like what five years before home alone yeah it was crazy yeah who knew freddie would be uh what did she she put gunpowder in a light bulb in a I remember light that. bulb yeah yeah i always wonder is that real is that does that actually happen if you put gunpowder in a light bulb she must have been a big fan of uh, Rambo First Blood, you know, so. Yeah, yeah but yeah, Nancy, plus she's one of the few final girls to realize that the real way of stopping her monster is to stop believing in, in him. So there's a sort of emotional strength to Nancy that I really appreciated too. Not to mention she's really good in uh, part three dream warriors as well. She seems like she has her shit together in part three. She's very understanding towards the younger kids who are dealing with Freddie too. She's much more mature in part three too, but she also lets her love of her father get the best of her at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah, because Freddie gets her. Basically, Freddie did a Texas Chainsaw twenty twenty two. Yeah, Freddie did that. Yeah, so so Nightmare on Elm Street three did it before the Netflix Texas Chainsaw yeah, did. Technically, so. but yeah, I really appreciate Nancy a lot. And my f- number one favorite final girl used to be Kirsty from Hellraiser, but lately I was thinking about that today, Doug. Kirsty doesn't really do that much. No, actually, she'd she'd be good in Vegas. She's a good poker face person. She's like, because I think in the sequel, he's like, enough of these games. We're not here to barter. He says something like that. Kirsty is a very good negotiator with the evil. But like, if you had her go up against any of the other slashers, she kind of would have been fucked. Well, honestly, I think a, she, I would be afraid to go up against Pinhead in the set of bites. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you say something I mean, wrong, you're in, getting chained. I mean, in terms of bravado, I mean, yeah, but it's saying she's more of like she gets out of her situation through talking, whereas like a lot of the other final girls can't get out of their situation through talking. Mm hmm. 
It's more of a physical endurance with the other final girls, which is why I'm like, I used to like Kirstie, but now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So which is why lately I've replaced my number one final girl from Kirstie from Hellraiser to and everybody's probably going to know why, because everybody says the same thing. And I'm going to say the same shit as everybody else has said, but I'm going to say it anyways, guys, is, of course, Sydney Prescott from the Scream movies. Does she seem a little bland? from like 80s horror movie fans absolutely but when you open your mind to just how meta and kind of fucking badass and rule changing sydney prescott is you got to really appreciate her because this is you take the shy virginal timid brunette girl who goes through some trauma with her mother which is almost the most pinnacle 80s slasher movie trope with sydney prescott you give her like a 90s memtv teen YA novel makeover and then all of a sudden you have her realize that she's in a slasher movie and says fuck that I'm gonna lose my v-car which I know is gonna back was gonna backfire but she chooses to fuck anyways when she knows she's in a slasher movie then she takes the killer's own costume and becomes the killer herself and turns the tables on the fucking killer how often does that happen in a slasher movie and then third she literally blows her fucking boyfriend's head head and says not in my movie she's the only one of the few slasher movie final girls to realize she's in a slasher movie and say fuck this this ain't gonna be about the killer this is gonna be about me so she blew his head and then she blew his head twice well yeah that would have been the porno. Has there a porno version of Scream? Oh, I'm sure there is. That's so easy to use for Scream Master. I mean, if there's a porno version of Friday the 13th and Halloween, there's got to be a porno version of Scream out there. But yeah, Sydney Press. And then each one of the following movies, Sydney Prescott changes as the years go on. And I really appreciate that, too. And she's badass, but she's not like fucking survival mode Sarah Connor, Laurie Strode bullshit badass. She just she tries to live her life throughout the sequels and i really like that too yeah she's capitalizing off it she's writing books in the fourth movie so yeah yeah she is you know yeah so it's like yeah i don't know what it's fine i'll just put an electric fence around here um you know uh, but to sydney prescott does she go to conventions and sign i'd be afraid like imagine everyone in a bookstore coming dressed up in in scream ghost face yeah. you don't know which one has a real knife yeah Oof, you know Yep. Nope. So I'm like, no, no public appearances, just Zoom calls. And everyone in the Zoom meeting has the ghost face. man. (laughs) Oh, God. You know, what sucks, though, is I think if that movie was remade or if like the first scream murders happened in like 2016, it would have been so much worse for those characters. Oh, it would have. Yeah. Yeah. Because they dealt with 90s media capitalizing on the murders. Can you imagine modern day social media capitalizing on those murders? Oh, yeah. I could imagine like someone. Oh, my, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I haven't seen the new one, though. I, I thought they would have hit on that in the new one. I, you know, they hit on something much different in the new one. They hit on toxic fandom more in the new one. Oh, okay. So they have like the, the keyboard controller saying, this is so horrible. You're this stupid bitch. Like if I was them and it's like, it's like they're sitting down, they have like 600 pounds eating a bag of chips saying I would outrun that killer. Oh, um, no, it's, it's, it's better than that. It's a lot better than that. It had no right to be as good as it was honestly i think the new scream might be in like my second favorite of the franchise maybe third okay well cool i'll have to watch it i just saw it came on paramount plus uh mm-hmm. which i still have a free trial for for a little bit <laughs> so. also doug one thing i wanted to touch upon is i want to know your thoughts on this extremely popular final girl because to be honest 
I feel she's a bit overrated. And I'm going to say something controversial for our more traditional horror fans and say, guys, I think Laurie Strode is kind of overrated. Well, the thing is, she's been her lore has been changed so much. So fucking much. She's she's like the Superman or Batman of Final Girls. It just revised all the fucking time. And every time it's revised, like it, it just it doesn't. But then again, when you think about it, the original Laurie Strode in like part one and part two just is running away and screaming most of the time and only fights back sometimes against Michael. And then in the second movie, she doesn't even fight back at all. She's in the hospital the whole time. She's in the hospital running most of the fucking time. And then she plays it off like a badass in the later films. But it's like it's it's like both versions of the later Laurie Strode, the the H2O and then the new trilogy Laurie Strode. I feel like it still doesn't tackle her trauma it still doesn't tackle that trauma in a very respectful light still. Mm-hmm. And I think either one of those is like, I don't know, you know, that's why it's like, I always have a rough time with Laurie Strode as a character. Yeah. She's been changed a lot, but she was one of the originals though. You know what I mean? So. She was, she was. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So did you have any more pointers on there? Because we did have a very special guest coming on this episode right after we're yes, done we here. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Um, yeah, three more pointers. Uh, fun thing is, guys, for all this talk about Final Girls, there is a gem of a f- slasher movie that came out in 2016 that I would like to recommend for our listeners called Last Girl Standing. This whole movie this gem of a slasher film that came out in 2016, guys, is actually takes place after the slasher film. And it's much more of a psychological drama about a girl living with having to survive one of those slasher massacres. And it's just her trying to get her life back together and working on a laundromat and dealing with the trauma and all that shit. And like the friend takes her to see the body of the killer and shit. And so, yo, he's really dead. And it's it's a really fucked up and almost disturbing but emotional what happens after a slasher film take mm-hmm. that you guys really have to see up until the last 15 minutes and then the movie changes and i won't say much but guys gem of an exploration of the final girl trope is 2016's last girl standing check it out also for any of the book readers i know aid has talked a lot about maybe like a book club but here to give a little taste of that potential future of the podcast guys is I would also recommend last year's uh, horror novel by Grady Hendrix final girl support group. That is an interesting take on the final girl trope and even gets into more deeper lore about the final girl while being like a fun meta take on it too. Imagine if all the final girls from the famous Sasser franchises all had a support group together. Well, if saw can do it, so can a book. Yeah, and then they have a support group together, and then somebody discovers that support group, and then starts picking them off one by one. Mm, that's and like that, that's like taking alcohol to the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, and everyone's mm-hmm, like, oh. "Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah." It's it's a fun book, guys, and I would recommend that one. That is Grady Hendrix's la- or uh, Final Girl Support Group. And then finally, Doug, I've got one more fun thing for you before we go into the interview segment. If you could cast. All of the Slashers podcast crew in a slasher movie, who would the final girl be? Obviously, you're going to say Aid. Personally, I'd say Mikey. Yes, I was going to say the same thing. Let's have Mikey be the final girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mikey has a shirt that says, I would survive in a horror movie. 
So might as Mikey, well. M- Mikey, you're the final girl. OK, you're absolutely the final girl. And what if the slasher is like the sl- the hockey mask logo with the, you know, nose and. And you find out it's either it's either aid or it's the person that wrote the comment then called us Bugman. <laughs> it's going to be. Please let it be the comment guy. Please let it. And he's like, I death to Bugman. <laughs> yeah, just to Bugman. This is revenge for all you. This is. <laughs> he looks like a shrimp. That's what it'll look like. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like reddit users and ben shapiro turned into a slasher yeah basically or it could be like the the, the shrimp that uh because c- jake's vegan so he's it could be the shrimp that we've eaten you know what i mean getting revenge <laughs> oh my god so uh doug is there any is there any other uh final things you want to say about the final girl trope in horror movies well no i'm, I'm glad it's really sur- sur- um, going on as long as it has uh like i said i'd love to see more um, not necessarily final girls, but more girl antagonists. You know what I mean? Like more, more, more I bad see girls. That too. I want to see that too. Like, I, I mean, you get movies like Jennifer's body and stuff, but you know, th- there's just some movies that I really want to see. Like, I really like that movie monster. She, she was playing the serial killer in that movie and uh, she had no eyebrows. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's a great one too. And that's another a very Henry portrait of a serial killer, but a female version. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can agree with you that we need more female, um, female uh, uh, monsters, female villains in horror movies. One thing I want to see with the final girl trope going forward is that I want to see far more sex positive final girl tropes. I feel like Sydney Grace from Ready or Not and uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's character on I Know What You Did Last Summer were kind of the only fucking don't care sex positive final girls. And I'm like, shouldn't we have had a lot more of that by now? Yeah, we should have. Well, speaking of sex positive, we've got a real awesome, awesome person uh, on the line here. So we're going to cut to her. We do. We do. Her name is Felicia Fisher, but uh, you might know her from Barf Bunny, from uh, a bunch of films from Sam Hell, uh, two films from Jonathan Doe, The Degenerates. She's crazy. She's 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 an awesome, awesome, like dedicated actress. And dude, you are very excited to, to to be like interviewing her lately. Like this is like what the second or third interview. Well, this is um if, for those of you that have watched, uh, we do a show called Grandpa Oates Cinema Woodchipper on B Movie TV, and uh, we had an interview with her. So Grandpa Oates uh, interviewed her on the show. But this one's the audio portion, and it's a little more serious than uh than the Grandpa Oates one here, because Grandpa Oates is is basically it's uh, it was all fun, more fun. Yeah, Grandpa Oates got his rocks off. So, but this one here, we're more serious because this is Woman in Horror Month, and no other greater person than Felicia Fisher, because uh, she's she's killing it. Literally, she's playing the the, the uh, serial killers in these movies. So, Doug, one more question: mm-hmm. uh, Would you? This is maybe a tease. I don't want to set anything in stone, but can, can you definitely see working with Felicia Fisher on one of your future movies? Oh, I would love to. I, in fact, I loved her ever in um, the, the Trash Juice, the movie that we're doing. Oh, nice. I, I think if we filmed most of all of the stuff that we need, but trust me, Felicia, if you're listening, well, you are probably listening, uh, but uh, we'll get you on the next movie. I promise you, because uh, you're awesome. And I really want to get you in one of these movies because I feel like that's you're, you're, uh, like I love the John Waters style films. And she fully embraces that. Like, she's just she's totally into it. Oh, my high brain just come up with something, dude. What's if that? you ever make that killer chainsaw granny movie, you could have Felicia Feature be the more promiscuous sex positive final girl. Yeah, I would totally love to. And uh, during the interview, too, uh, Felicia does uh, does uh, phone sex operating as well, too. So we'll give that phone number there. So if you ever wanted to give her a call in real life, we've got the number for you. But yeah, without further ado... 
Got anything else, Coker? That's it, guys. I hope you're enjoying um, the Women's March Month of the Slashers podcast. Also, I'm still batting that we hopefully do an episode on Perfect Blue. I think that is one of the best feminist horror movies I have ever seen. And it's really a gem of late 90s like anime horror. And it doesn't follow anime tropes at all. But that's definitely a terrific feminist horror movie that I hope we can do an episode on this month. But who knows? That is Perfect Blue 1999. Is there tentacles? There is not tentacles, Doug. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's us signing off and let's go ahead and cut to Felicia. Hey, all you mutant goons from beyond. We're back with Slashers podcast interviews. That's right. It's been a while since we've had one of these uh, interview portions, but here we go. I'm your, I'm your morbidly obese Al Roker doing the interviews again. And uh, we've got someone real special here for you. Actually, I'm a big fan of hers and I recently became a fan. I think starting in November uh, when a few movies came out. She's doing so much stuff. And like I said, you guys have heard me on the podcast before. I am all for every single art because no matter what you do, if you're working something through video, uh, through anything, through artistic ways, you're an artist. So no matter what, I don't care what it is, you're an artist. And uh, without further ado, we've got Miss Felicia Fisher here in the studio with us. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? All right. Well, I'm so happy to have you on here. This is a kind of a nice treat because we've, we've been doing some more like mainstream stuff. And anytime we, I try to get like a deep cut in to like the more underground, this is my chance to. So, so Felicia, uh, yeah. So what's some of the movies you've been in? And- yeah. So hi guys. <laughs> my name is Felicia Fisher. Uh, that's a deep cut if you watch my porn. So I do a lot of stuff. You're right. I guess, you know, I tend to identify myself in my bios as a phone sex operator, horror actress, a fetish model, um, not one of the clad in latex people, although I do it sometimes. I'm mostly like a hairy model. Yeah. And what else do I do? Jeez. I think that's it as of right now. Yeah. I mostly do like horror acting. Um, Oh my god! I always face out doing interviews. Okay. Oh, that's fine. No, that's great. Like oh. I said, this is uh, this is great because we're we're on different time zones. So I know yeah. for me, it's like I had to wake up early, and and it's it's just so difficult to do. Even though I have the questions right in front of me, I still space out too. But that's okay. That's what editing's for, right? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. But uh, okay. So uh, yeah. So you told us a little bit about yourselves here. Now I have a specific question here. So uh, with uh, with just your overall splash that you made on the underground scene uh, by just being truly unique, did people come out and ask you like like for example Sam Hell and Jonathan Doe and like they just come out and like did they see your porns first? Um, Because I know you did phone sex operating first, or did you like reach out to them? Like I'm just curious about that. Yeah, to back it up. So like I. First, the way I got into the adult industry was in 2014. Um, I was doing a lot of stuff. And then I started camming. And from camming, I started making clips in like 2015. Um, And I did that for a couple of years. And in 2017, I started getting myself out there more by doing phone sex stuff, um, shooting more porn, like with like me a mainstream company, a couple mainstream companies. And um, I was doing bar fetish clips online too. Uh, And from there, I think an accumulation of all of those things kind of put me out there more on Twitter. And um, Sam Hell actually reached out to me first. Um, Yeah, because he saw some of my barf content. And he was like, hey, I really like what you're doing. Um, I'm making a horror film in LA. Do you want to be in it? And I was in LA around that time. So I was like, sure, let's go. Let's do this. So I met up with him. 
And um, yeah, that's how we shot Spit. That was the first movie I'd ever been in with him, uh, for him. And it was really, it was great. It was a great experience. It was really nice working with him. Uh, I really liked it and it was pretty well received. So the next time I was in LA, I got to shoot with him again. And that also went well. And then it kind of just grew from there. I was going to LA maybe like three or four times a year. So don't know how it works out math wise, but between 2016, no, 2017 and 2019, I shot like six films with him. From there, I met Jonathan Doe, who was familiar with my work uh, through Sam. And then just like all the porn stuff that I, because by that point, I did a lot more barf content (laughs) uh, and other stuff. And he was like, hey, I would love to work with you. And I was like, sure, let's do it. And um, he came out to the Midwest where I am. And that's how we shot Birth Bunny. And that's actually how I met Jesse Seitz who, and Marcus Cook, um, two other directors that you all might be familiar with. Um, Jesse and Marcus are great. Uh, from there, I ended up doing the um, Birth Bunny and the Degenerates. And then Jesse helped me get booked uh, for a movie called Thrust that's going to be coming out soon, um, shot by Victor Bonacore that has some really, really crazy heavy hitters in it. I highly recommend looking into that and looking up Victor Bonacore and um, Aaron Brown, who's also in it. Crazy times. Circling back, though, um, Jesse also booked me in another horror film, <laughs> American Guinea Pig uh, 6, I think it is, um, okay. which is going to be coming out in the near future. So... To make a long story short, to answer your first question a little bit better, I'm out here. <laughs> I'm doing movies. I've done I've done several, and that's yeah, it all started from porno, so it's pretty cool. Well, see, and that's the cool thing too, because you could really spiral out from that. Like a lot of people kind of stay in that genre, but you've like branched out. Like you've kind of become this. You have a documentary made after you, so the Odd World of Felicia Fisher. So, you know, and that's early on too. You know what I mean? Like think about it. Years from now, they're going to make a whole. You'll have like a whole box set, like a documentary one through ten series. You know, uh, just kind of going on, and it's crazy because uh, I remember them saying that you were in American, one of the newer American guinea pigs. It's it's such a small world because I, that's where I met Sam Hell. Um, I think American Guinea Pig Five. I was in. Yeah. I was. I was acting in that one, and uh, at the same time they were filming the one that you were in. So they were filming five and six at the same time. So I think it was Slaughter of the Swine. And I think yeah, we could say the name on there because that's what he said. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's when I met Sam Hell. I didn't know who he was at first. I'm like, wait a minute, that's that's. A, I noticed the tattoo, and he had like tumbling doll of flesh on there. So yeah, it's a it's a small world there. It is. <laughs> um, it really like, is a small world. Like I think about it a lot, and it's like, damn, like it's a small world, and it's such like a niche thing that I really feel like people. There will be box sets one day. There will be people like there's already people like seeking us out to like talk and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like I yeah. feel like it's really gonna just like be there forever, and people are gonna be geeking out about it forever, and it's crazy to think about. Yeah, it is really crazy to think about, but I do have to give you props because I think that's one thing. Like I always. I, I don't go too like uh like into like the meaning of life and stuff like that on the podcast. But one thing I always thought I'm like, you know, with life here, like 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 look, you're you're younger too, and it's crazy. Like you've made all this stuff, and uh, I feel like that a lot of people just kind of work their nine to five, you know, forty hour a week job, and they just kind of let it go. But you're making an impact. You're making art that's going to stick around, you know, way after we're gone. And, uh, you know, years from now, you know, you'll have a booth and you'll be selling your stuff there. So, I mean, that's, you're, you're making it, you're, you're making it. So you made it kid. There you go. 
So, but uh, that's just kind of my uh, existentialism on uh, it's like making art, working, working like a plow horse now, because in the future, it'll all you can just relax and have all your stuff laid out on the table. So, but yeah, I'm kind of a slacker. A lot of my stuff is laid out on the table. When I hang out. <laughs> uh, well, I do work, but it's also like, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, like the, you said the cam work and stuff, that's hard work too. I've seen the people that do like OnlyFans and stuff. It's like, oh, you got to, you got to set up, you got to do this, the lighting, you got to deal with people. You got to put the smile on, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's a lot of hard work mentally. So yeah, yeah. so I can give you credit for that too. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, like with the phone stack stuff, it's like, I'll mostly hang out at home and like, I'll turn my phone line on and then I'll just be like chilling in the house and like, I'll get calls and I'll be like talking, 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 like doing a bunch of stuff online, uploading clips and stuff like that. But then it's like, sometimes it's like, damn, I haven't left my house in like five days. And like, I just like lie on the floor. <laughs> Well, you want to know what, whatever makes you happy. If lying on the floor, you know, for five days makes you happy, then so be it. Although it could be, you want to keep some blinds open or something, let some air in every now and then, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, the one thing when you mentioned the degenerates, that's the one I haven't seen yet. So yeah. And I've been wanting to see it for, I, I missed out on buying the DVD. I've been so busy working like the past few like months and it just kind of passed me up every time I saw like the, uh, the pictures that you post on your Instagram, I'm like, oh, fuck, I need to see this one. Cause that case, um, well, you said you've been to LA before. What's funny about the the degenerates is that those pictures, I think they had the actual pictures at the Museum of Death that was in Hollywood. Yeah. And, and those gave me nightmares. I had not known about that whole story with the with the couple and, and the and the Polaroids they had, but they had it at the Museum of Death. And those that out of all, everything at the museum, that's the one that stuck with me. So I'm kind of happy to see that they made a movie, uh, you know, starring you in the degenerates about that. Yeah, it's very surreal. I was um still pretty into true crime but like at certain points in my life I was heavily into true crime and like I was definitely aware of this story um because they got busted by taking the camera to like a Kmart to get developed or something yeah yeah the girl's out though now isn't she I thought she had like six years or something when that happened not sure. I, I don't know. I don't know that deeply. Like I will take, I've taken in a lot of true crime content in my day. I follow like 20 different true crime podcasts <laughs> and I'll like click through them every single week just to like get my fix. But like, yeah, no, I, I don't always retain all the information. So no, but I remember hearing about that. And then when John hit me up for that, I was like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Let's fucking do this. Um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun too. Cause he's, I don't, I don't know. Um, You've looked deeply into the film since you haven't been able to see it, but um, he styled it so it looks like it's shot with like a super grainy VHS. I've um, seen that, yeah. Like, well, like I've seen the trailers and stuff like that, but I haven't seen the full movie. So, which I got to, I got to, got to one day. Okay, so I guess we'll just go down a little bit of the line here. So, yeah, with the uh, with the whole Baroque house and uh, basically just everything you did there for your call, sex calls, uh, the the phone line calls that you've had. What's like the craziest one you've had as of recently? Like, have you had like any like, uh, cause I know the pandemic probably brought in a lot of traffic I'd imagine, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of people. I mean, oh Lord, it's hard to say sometimes. Like I'm a very open-minded person. I know a lot about kinks and fetishes and stuff like that. And like people are into all kinds of different stuff. So it's like kind of hard for me to say like, what's, the craziest like of course like there's always people that want some stupid shit that's like very illegal 
very mm-hmm. unethical, very much things that like aren't allowed on the site or like I just don't do in general. So yeah, it's hard for me to say what the craziest is. Like, oh Lord, sometimes I'll get people hitting me up that are like, I want you to pretend that I'm a little bug. What would you do if I was a little bug on the ground next to you? And then I'm like, I don't know, like look down at you and maybe pick you up with my finger. And then they're like, no, don't you think you'd step on me? And I'm like, now tell me, is that what you want? You want me to step on a little bug? Because I don't crush animals, which is a fetish that I don't provide, which I don't think is legal. No, um, no, it's not. He should probably watch Mars Attacks. There's a scene where they shrink a guy down and smash him. So. I'm sure someone got really fucking horny about that. Like, yeah, I know. I saw it. Too. Like, there's a fetish in there somewhere. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I And I understand where that comes from. I understand, like, wanting to just pretend that you're in, like, you're a teeny tiny little man and you have a big lady that's gonna pick you up like I understand why it's hot but it's just like I don't know some people can just be so vague or so like silly like when they hit me up it's like where are you trying to take this man and if you ask them like they won't always answer so it's like okay but yeah that was cute that was that was that was a little crazy Okay, well, as long as it rung up the bill, you know, I'm like, hey, keep talking. We'll, we'll do it. That, I mean, that's what I would do. I would like, go into the story as crazy as I can. Uh, of course, this voice isn't sexy. So, you know what I mean? Like, you got, you got like the perfect, like, phone sex voice, too. So that that's, there you go. Win, win, win. Um, yeah. Okay, so um, out of all the films that you've worked on, uh, like, like from Sam Hell, the, uh, the other films that you've done, what's your, what's your favorite one that you've worked on? I looked at this question when you asked it to me and I wrote, I love all my children. I don't know. I like them all. I like them all for different reasons. Like, I mean, ultimately, like when I'm on set, it's kind of like I'm in work, like work mode too, you know? So it's like, okay, let's get going. Let me remember this line. Let's get into it. Like, let's do this thing. Um, I've spoken before about how I really enjoyed where me and Sam were at when we were doing Green Hell. And I really like how the movie came out as well. But um, that was just like a really fucking fun week. <laughs> we had a hotel in uh, Boyle Heights in LA. And it was the week of um, Camp Flogna, which I had tickets for in 2019. Love hip hop, love R&B. And um, got to see this other like band that I really liked that week out in LA. So like that was just fun in general. Like Sam went to Camp Flogna with me. We hung out. We got wasted. Like I, I no longer drink or do drugs, but we spent that whole week just like hanging out, getting wasted, <laughs> went to a gay bar, went to like Korean barbecue. Like it was just like a really fun like adventure. Um, yeah, I also really enjoyed, I mean, like I guess in that vein too, like I also really enjoyed shooting the, um, the degenerates. Uh, that's Yes, I believe it was the degenerates that me and John Doe did the true crime um, vlogging thing that's on YouTube, where we drove around to a bunch of places in Chicago and uh, Wisconsin where like true crime stuff happened. I saw I saw that on the DVD. Yeah, when you guys went to like Dahmer's apartment or uh, somewhere where he was at. Yeah, that's that's creepy stuff there, too. I mean, that's great because you guys are actually exploring and driving there, I'm sure. You know, a lot of people just kind of stare and like, well, what are they looking at? It's an empty lot, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure people thought we were crazy. You know, yeah. Things like that make me like in retrospect now. I'm like, is that weird? <laughs> no, it's not weird. It, like, it's uh, it, 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 it's 
it, 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 you do whatever you want to do. And if it's entertained to you, it's not, you know, it's not weird. People, yeah. people could be so boring. Honestly, like I know people that say like, oh, you know, that, that you like, uh, you like those underground movies. You're weird. But you want to know what? You're sitting there watching the fucking notebook, you know, yeah. uh, or these mainstream movies and saying, oh, the greatest movie is The Hangover. I'm like, Jesus. You know what I mean? Like whatever makes you happy. If, if true crime hunting is your thing, which I'm fascinated by that too. But I, yeah, I guess that's another plug to the Museum of Death. Like next time you're out here, you got to check out the Museum of Death. Like the people that run it are really cool. And it's, there's just so much insight in there. They had like uh, like Gigi Allen's jacket and stuff like from when he died. And they had, uh, they had just, just a, some Richard Ramirez letters and stuff. So it's really like she collects a whole bunch of that stuff there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been by there so many times because it's on... Um... Not Santa Monica on Sunset, right? It's on Sunset. They moved to a new location, yeah. though, even bigger. So, which is better. So, yeah, yeah, I passed by there so many times, and I just like haven't been in. I don't know why. I feel like every time I'm out there, I'm just like working or I used to be stoned all the time. So, never, oh yeah, never thought about it. So now it's like, yeah, I should really check it out next time. It'll yeah, definitely. Nice. And and now with, without drinking has gotten so expensive out here. I don't I don't drink myself often you know maybe if it's like a party or something like that or like a friend's celebration but it's gotten too expensive like two drinks 35 bucks get the fuck out of here so nuts yeah oh my god it's crazy ah man okay so i guess i'll mooch on down here real quick so okay so uh yeah with 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 you being like out there and getting all these films out there you've racked up your imdb as well too i saw that you had um uh, a new film on there the one you were talking about with victor bonacore mm-hmm. um which is funny because i remember him back when i was in high school he used to go to the cinema wasteland convention in ohio that i used to go to all the time Whoa! So, yeah so it's so and then the same thing with lewis justin who runs massacre video which i'm sure you'll you, you'll probably end up in a massacre video release title soon so they they release a lot they're, they're good friends with like sam hell and everything they always release like deep cut films and stuff like that um uh, hit me up please massacre <laughs> video i'm not sure if we've spoken but i'm here <laughs> please, yeah he, i would love that yeah well he was in uh he was in the american guinea pig movie we, we were all naked and had like this big orgy like shit like vomit and piss and cum scene like we all had to like rub shit on ourselves it was all fake but you know that, that's a new guinea pig movie so um and that's when we first met sam hell so i guess you know what goes around comes around right so <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So we, like I said, with, with you doing all these films and kind of, you know, building a repertoire for yourself here, uh, what would be a dream role or character that you would like to play? Like if someone, if someone said, what, what character or what movie would you want to be in? Oh my gosh. Okay. I've been thinking about this a lot more. <laughs> I would really like to be in a drama, like a full length drama. Um, you know, uncut gems had a profound impact on me. <laughs> I think it's a great movie. Amazing. Wonderful. Just like every single thing about it. The mix between like Adam Sandler and Julia Fox, just like someone who's like really going through it, isn't learning like the repercussions of reactions, just like life's going fucking crazy. Um, I'm learning Polish. I'd like to be able to speak a little Polish. I'd love to be able to just yell like, Gudova! Gudova, getting shango, Gudova, Gudova. Oh, okay. Well, t- take that for everyone who's listening. So serious drama. I, I feel like you uh, like almost like a Larry Clark style film too, like one of those style dramas, you know, like like kids and all that. So Gummo, oh. Gummo, or uh, no, that's not Larry Clark. That's Harmony Corrin. But uh, they always put them together. Trash Humpers is another one that uh, 
I, you've seen trash humpers, right? I have. I just heard my neighbor open my door. I hope I'm not going to get yelled at for yelling that. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. People in my building. Um, <laughs> Tell them I'm in a Zoom meeting. I'll get to you later. Dinner's on me. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw trash dumpers once a long time ago. Um, Larry Clark had a very profound impact on me as a youth, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I would love to be in a movie like that. That would be freaking incredible. Like, I still remember watching kids for the first time. I had, like, I don't know. I was, like, pretty into movies when I was, like, young, young. Like, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. But when I was, like, 16, I was, like, watching a bunch of independent movies my friend gave me. And she had, like, kids, bully uh ken park and like i was like watching him like this is it this fucking it like kids like that was you know i tell people that was my life when i was younger and then they're like you had aids you were like like (laughs) Like spread aids as kids to everyone (laughs) yeah like very judgmental and i'm like no dude i was just like i was fucking bad i had a friend that was casper i was telly we were out there doing stupid shit constantly like not having sex with underage people, but like being stupid and out in the city completely unsupervised for such a long time. And it was like, yeah, it like really hit me. And yeah, it made me think more about like movies and stuff like that. I also really got into um, John Waters and like Greg Araki Mm -hmm. during that time period. And like, just lots of filmmakers like that. Like I would just like watch all of their movies and get really immersed into their worlds. And it's just like, yeah, it made me think about like, what kind of movies I would like to be into. I had no goals to act when I was younger. I was just a fucking burnout. As an adult, I like reflect on those times and I'm just like, yeah, like that was like my shit. That is my shit. Like I would love to be like in a role like that. I mean, it's pretty crazy now that I think about it. Like I pretty much have been immersed into like Sam's world, (laughs) like being in like six of his movies and then being in like two movies by like john it's like it's wild becoming like a cast Uh member throughout people's like movies kind of like how john waters did yeah exactly so uh larry clark did that a little bit with the dude that um played ellie because he was in kids and um bully and i think he made i think he was in another movie or something yeah, so that's that that's the cool thing here. Like I'm I'm really hoping there should be a resurgence of those style movies. I know A24 has been really like heavy with that uh like kind of like that Have you seen Lamb yet? I I really liked Lamb. That was a really weird movie. It wasn't as crazy as a Larry Clark one. It. Yeah, it's check it out. Like I I really like that one a lot. I think that's A24 is kind of bringing that back a little bit there. Um with that kind of intense drama. So uh, any news on being in Samuel B's new film, Anti-Wonderful? I know that one's been uh, hitting the uh, hitting the Indiegogo pretty hard lately. Yeah, I've been seeing that, making the rounds and stuff. And um, I would like to, but I don't think I'm on that side of the world where they're shooting. Like, I, yeah, there's like, a, there's so much fucking work I could be doing if I was out in LA, but it's just like between like COVID and like money, because like just the fucking costs of being in LA nowadays is so much like... It just hasn't made a whole lot of sense. I'm hoping that in the near future, I'll be able to make it work out with a few different directors out there, but it's kind of going to have to wait until I get booked for like, I don't know, a gig that'll cover expenses and stuff, you know, like, yeah, which like shooting independent movies and stuff, people don't always have that budget, which I completely understand, but it's like, I don't either. (laughs) 
Yeah, like, it, that's the hard thing about like almost no budget films and stuff. Like, I'd love to have you in, in the, the movie I'm doing. It's it's the Shit Eaters, but the movie's called Trash Juice, so it's like a segment in there. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you in that movie. I think it would be great because we're shooting the Tupperware Party Massacre scene shoot uh, soon. And uh, I'm like, oh, man, you, you would have been great as like one of the characters I had uh, in there. And it's one of those things where we changed a lot of it because we had actors set. They come on there for a day. We, we shot for eight hours. And then one of the actors is like, sorry, my agent doesn't want me to do this. I'm like, well, we never paid you anyway. Like, like, oh, well, maybe if you, you know, give me this one. I said, hey, dude, I'm working 40 hours a week. And, you know, I'm making this movie with savings I have on the weekend. So, yeah. yeah. So it's, but, but that's, we, we have you in spirit. We'll, we'll give you the, uh, the Felicia Fisher, like uh, homage almost that I, that I think. Uh, if y'all want to start an Indiegogo like get Felicia out to LA for a week. I'll work for you guys. <laughs> okay, well, well, <laughs> shit. I'll have to with like two or three other directors. I know there's um Sam Hell and I someone else out there. I'm 99% sure wanted me in a movie, and I'm like, I'm game. It's just hard. So like, you guys could all get my accommodation and like flight at least. Like, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, you're know? you're still on the radar. We haven't finished filming it yet, so we filmed maybe like 70 percent of the film. But uh, yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. Do you have any plans of like moving out to California? Probably not because I am not a wealthy woman. So I do not have generational wealth of any kind. I don't see that being a possibility. Like, it's like a nice thought, but it's like also thinking about spending like an obscene amount of money to live out there and just everything. Like, it's so stressful. And I know that it would give me more opportunities and stuff, but it like, it just doesn't seem to make sense as of right now. Like, I don't know. I, I was really enjoying doing the trips like every like three or four times a year or something, but then it's also like, I would need like a paying gig to complement that, Mm -hmm. like to help me get the income. And like, I had that for a little bit, but, and yeah, I had that for a little bit. Now I don't. And like, sometimes I can get gigs, but like, it would have to be like worth it, you know, cause it's, yeah. But to make a long story short, no, um, I like the Midwest. I do. I think I'm a more like a week trip type person, unfortunately. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. California lately is just, uh, it, it almost looks like a third world country in, in like Hollywood. And I don't know if you've seen the pictures and stuff, but it's, it's pretty bad. Like I, I, there was a news article I read, it was kind of, which would kind of inspired the shit eater story. Um, there's some lady walking and a, a homeless guy poured a whole bucket of hot diarrhea all over her. So sad. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. I know. Well, I was. I mean, it's it's crazy. But I was laughing the way it was described. It's like, and this little poor woman was poor. Uh, she had hot diarrhea poured all over her in a can. I'm like, hot diarrhea. Like, what kind of description is this? That's yeah. great. I'd be easier for the next movie. So. Oh my lord! So is that like that's the true crime case your movie's based on? <laughs> Yeah, kind of like that, like the urban legend of the shit ears. So I just, uh, it's it's crazy. Like, I'll have to show you some clips on there. But uh, yeah, definitely like a lot of the, um, you know, like almost barf money style stuff. Uh, some of the, a lot of the Sam Hell style stuff. But just imagine that as like a comedy. So I'm trying to, it's it's a weird thing. Because I feel like when I try to go like intense or extreme, I always end up like just putting my own style of humor in there. Because I'm like, it's, that's just how I've always been. I don't know. But uh, and that's why I think like what's so awesome about you, because like no matter what character you play, you always give it that on one of the podcasts that you're on, you play the perfect like kind of attitude and uh, uh, what was it? You play like a good almost like a bratty bossy character, which which is really, really fun. So, yeah, that's what I do for a lot of the um, 
the the clips I'm in that's like my dom style I guess like bratty bitch like <laughs> and it works people sometimes tell me I laugh too much like in everything that I do especially with like doming and the horror and stuff like that they're like why are you laughing I don't think you should be laughing right now and it's like because I am because it's fucking hilarious because this is funny as fuck like why why do I need to be serious all the time yeah like, and, and you're the dumb just tell them <laughs> just tell them it's like shut the fuck up I'm laughing I'm gonna laugh even more if you don't you know what I mean like you gotta yeah. like, that's like, shut up I can do whatever I want so exactly so, I like see you got it <laughs> yeah see I just wish I was getting paid for it you know <laughs> that's my thing there's another place out here i know i keep going off on it but in la there's this um it, it's a it's a nightclub called bar sinister and uh yeah. yeah i went there for a friend's birthday party uh it was like it was like two days before covid started so uh what's crazy is uh if you ever seen like hellraiser 3 i think that was the one where they had the nightclub and they had like all the weird art and stuff if you go well it's, it's like an art art style uh club but upstairs is the is the dom room and the uh and like the whipping room uh-huh. and uh so my brother went up there and he's he had no idea he's like oh i'm just gonna see like he went up to the to the dominatrix and uh, you know you bend over and you get paddled mm-hmm. and so he's like oh, i'm just gonna do he had a few drinks in him and uh, he was getting paddled for 15 minutes and the dom actually was like ah. <laughs> like she was about to pass out and he's like i'm sorry i thought there was a timer or something so yeah, if you ever if you ever wanted to go to one of those crazy like uh you know BDSM bars, Bar Sinister in Hollywood's the place to go. So your brother sounds like a freak. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know. He's he's very like kind of mundane and just kind of like, you know, and, and you know, he got spanked for 15 minutes. He wore the dominatrix out. She was she passed out on the couch. So we have um there's places uh that I've seen like that. I don't live in Chicago. In the Midwest, there are spots like that, like in Chicago, uh, mm-hmm. there's like the exit. I don't know if it's still open. I thought I heard a while ago that it was like closed or something, but um, they would do like uh, some sort of fetish night on like Thursdays where like they'd have doms and like you get trampled and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen that before. It's pretty wild. I don't you know. I'm not usually the type to like want to be on the receiving end of stuff like that, but it's mm-hmm. very fun to think about. It's fun to watch people too. Yeah. I mean, as long and you get the cool bruises to, to claim, I think my brother's into it because he likes getting hit with paintballs. So maybe that's where it all started. So I don't know. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, there we go. So yeah, well, that's something, you know, that's something I haven't seen before. You see, now I'm going off my keister here, but it's just kind of fun. I don't, is is there like any, um, I've never actually Googled it, but is there a fetish for like getting shot up with paintballs, like just till you like pass out? Because I know that fucking hurts. I'm sure there's someone in this world that would absolutely love to be tied to a tree and shot at with paintballs by a hot person. 100%. There's got to be someone. And if there isn't, now there's someone right now thinking about it and probably... So waxing the carrot, yeah. Enjoy that thought. <laughs> uh, there you go. See, the paintball park just got more sticky. Yeah. All right. And and uh, what I mentioned to you beforehand, uh, we showed Barf Bunny um, at uh, the paintball park my brother runs uh, up in uh, San Luis Obispo. So a lot of people are just sitting there watching it, like on their lunch, and just kind of like, "What the fuck is that?" And to this day, to this day, they come up to it and they, uh, they, this is this is what it is. That's why I said it makes such an impact because there's like code so when people go in they just say i'm a little barf bunny are these grapes are purple but they come out pink like they 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 quote the movie and everyone gets the reference (laughs) so these grapes are purple they come out pink (laughs) like 
does John know about this? Yeah, I, I mentioned that to him. I'm like, hey, we showed it there. And, you know, a lot of people were like in and out throughout the movie. But uh, I, and I think when you're getting your head cut off too, like people were just sitting there mesmer. Like they didn't want to turn away from the TV. Like they were going like, oh, oh, but they never turned their eyes away from the TV. So, you know, you that's that's like, a, I, I feel like, you know, that style film, um, same with like Oddworld or uh, what, what's the other one? Uh, uh, the Spit. Like you can go to like a, like a, like an art museum and that could be like on the big projector wall and it would they, people go like oh this is avant-garde modern art cinema you know something but uh yeah it's, it's the funniest thing so if you ever if you're ever out in san luis obispo i'm sure you'll hear some people randomly saying like i'm a little barf bunny because yeah it's quoted a lot at that paintball park <laughs> that's nuts I love that so much. Thank you for doing that and like letting me know about that. I'm not going to like unthink about that. Yeah, that's crazy to think about that impact. Like it's already very surreal knowing that like the movies I'm in get like shipped around the world and stuff like that. But it's like just. Yeah. Yeah, And you would never think like some rickety old like paintball park with maybe like 30 people. But as soon as they greet them and it's it's seriously to this day, like when they go, they they say the whole grape. Um, these grapes are purple, and that's it's it's a, it's like an inside joke or like just a reference that no one would get except the people at the paintball park. <laughs> wow! And the other people that have seen Barf Buddy. Yeah, they're like, "What was that movie you were playing while we were eating?" So, yeah, okay. Well, I guess I'll go into my last question here. Um, but in terms of like fetish films, because I know they've been hitting, uh, they've been going a lot more now with like like Broke House. And just other films like that I've seen popping up around here and there. Do you think it'll ever hit the mainstream? Like, do you think there'll be a style of cinema that that kind of not necessarily caters, but is more accepting to the culture of, of fetishes and things like that? Yeah, I think so. I feel like fetish has been in movies for a while. Either like fetish and like um, the adult industry and stuff have been in mainstream movies for like a minute now like whether it's like blatant like 50 shades of gray that had a huge impact on the adult industry afterwards at least uh the retail side because i used to work at like so many people came in looking for like bdsm gear after that um but <clears throat> like like besides that like there's other movies like i don't know quentin tarantino's movies just showing the feet and stuff like that like that's very fetishy that's very like Obviously, he has a foot fetish, you know, and it it has surprised me in the recent past seeing movies like Cam come out that were like, it feels like that came out around the time that like online camming was like at its peak, like a mm-hmm. lot of people were getting into it. A lot of people were like doing it and stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like maybe there's a chance that it will keep going up from here, but I feel like it's already kind of happening as well, you know? Like, I don't know what it would look like to see more fetish in the mainstream necessarily. Like, what, like, are they going to start showing, like, long, like, leg shots and, like, some nice, like, wolf or tights or, like, talking, like, more barf in films and stuff like that? Like, I mean, I think it's entirely possible if, like, people keep creating movies it will get taken to the mainstream or something like that. Like, I don't know or just like the cult status of movies like becoming even more mainstream because like I feel like everyone knows about the human centipede like everyone knows about like I don't know maybe everyone doesn't know about a Serbian film (laughs) but like a lot of people know about like movies like that that are just like nasty fucked up movies that like are pretty like 
well known now. Yeah, I do wonder if like these types of movies and like other fetish influenced movies or like overly like fetishistic movies will like get up there, up there, you know? Yeah, because I'd love to see like a Barf Bunny remake starring like Reese Witherspoon or something like that. (laughs) And they say, well, this is art. Like this existed way before. So with Felicia, but uh, yeah, so that's, um, do do you have anything else you wanted to add on there? Um, Any plugs that you wanted to plug so we can get this uh, all going? Yeah. um, My name is Felicia Fisher. You could find me on Twitter and Instagram at Felicia Fisher X L or F E L I C I A F I S H E R X. Um, from there, you'll see all the links to my content and clips and stuff like that. Um, am I allowed to like name drop the websites I'm on? Yeah, name drop the website, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to call me, can I pull up my phone number and do the voice? Yeah, yeah, do let, let's give us a sample. Yeah, I was like, okay, let, okay, let's okay, hear okay. it. Yeah. All right. This is so cool because <laughs> it's gonna. This is this is gonna be on TV, right? Or is this? Uh, yeah, this one will be on uh, TV, and then I'm gonna do the B movie one with with Grandpa Oats as well. So, <laughs> okay. Hi guys, I'm Felicia Fisher. If you want to call me and talk about all your hot, nasty desires, you can call me today at one 5478 extension one one two zero three nine nine four (laughs) i'll be looking forward to your call all right there we go that was perfect so see all you guys uh yeah do yourselves a favor give the number a call you know um it's it's gonna be great it's gonna be great trust me so i hope you get more calls that way too you never know shoot your fucking cum right into your mouth and eat it (laughs) you'll like it too trust me oh yeah see there you go follow the instructions and uh you know you may uh may learn a thing or two with uh the great felicia fisher here so yeah, so thanks again for coming on to the the Slashers podcast here. It was it was very fun because um like I said we we do a lot of like the uh there's some mainstream ones then we do deep cuts. Um but my favorite honestly was like doing the uh when we did like Barf Bunny and uh we we did an episode that it's Patreon exclusive right now but it should be coming out um regular within a month. It's called The Bitch That's Nasty. So we did like all like like the Guso Milk films and those Genki Genki. Um, yeah, like, like those ones there. So I'm excited. We we just got really nasty. And then we ended up going to like in our personal life stories on like just some of the, the crazy stuff that we've done. No, listen to that. That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a military does a lot of crazy things for you. I've never seen so much period blood on, on pillows, but that's a that's a totally different story for later. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. So see, I try to, I, I'll try to like uh, top the stories that you have there. I don't, I don't know if I can, you got, you got crazier stories than I do. So I think you need to see the degenerates. Speaking of period blood, I'm not going to spill all the beans, but I don't know. I might have you beat. Oh, really? Okay. Well, see you, you, got, you all you listeners get, listen to that. They're the degenerates, uh, barf bunny, uh, Baroque house, all those films starring Felicia Fisher get them they're they're perfect art films here like i said i haven't seen generates yet fully but i will be and that's going to change but if you want the extreme underground that's almost like like marian dora meets harmony corinne yeah there you go the degenerates barf bunny baroque house films odd world of felicia fisher you're a hard-working woman felicia and thank you very much for giving us the time to come onto the podcast here thank you it was a pleasure i had a lot of fun <laughs> okay awesome all right Well, uh, that's Doug signing out, and goodbye and good die.